everyone, it's Ron Tyson, and I want to welcome you to this week's episode of Mornings with Ron. I want to thank you all for listening in to our inaugural episodes the past couple weeks and sharing your feedback and for letting us know how much you're enjoying the podcast. I really appreciate you being a part of this incredible journey that we're on. As I was thinking about this week's theme, I thought it was a good time to introduce you to my grandma Lola, who was the person who was responsible for me starting the Bring Smiles to Seniors program. In all of our lives, there are those people who have really left that indelible impact on us and kind of shaped what we've become and who we are as individuals. So I wanted to introduce you to her for a reason this week in hopes that the stories that I tell of her help to inspire something in you. I believe that one of the most precious things that grandparents and parents pass on to their children are those little pearls of wisdom that they learned in their life that help guide and direct ours. I mean, we all know that we either don't see it or don't agree with them at the time that they're giving us those pearls. But eventually, there comes a time when we encounter a situation where a recollection of that pearl is exactly what we need to get us through. When I came up with this first message, I was thinking about how lucky I was as a child to always have my mom and my grandma sit in the audience whenever I had anything going on at school or an extracurricular activity that required participation by family. You know, today we often hear from teachers about the lack of involvement that some parents have in their children's lives. And this, this often includes classes where many of the students no longer have both parents involved or there's parent-teacher nights where two or three parents show up, or emails go unanswered when there are critical situations that need to be addressed. And I think for me, fortunately, I, I wasn't one of those children. There are many things that I was involved in growing up. I was a member of the band since middle school. I participated in speech and oratorical contests. I was a member of the 4-H. I was active in student government and a member of the drama class, to name a few. When I think back, I can't remember one single event where I would look out in the audience and not find my grandmother and mother sitting there. At that point, their schedule worked around my schedule, and there was never any excuse why they were too busy or simply didn't attend. Because they were always there, I think I took it for granted that it was just the norm. I remember this one particular instance where I had been selected to participate in the American Legion oratorical contest. And when I was selected, one of the requirements was that I had to deliver a speech, not from paper, but memorized. And I was having difficulty memorizing the speech, and I went over to my grandmother's house, and she sat with me, and she had me read it and recite it over and over and over again. And she and I would go out on our outings in the community. She'd even have me practice it with the people that we were visiting. And just when I thought I couldn't study it anymore, she'd have me recite it all over again. When I was talking to her one night, it just clicked. And with that work, I went on to win the local, district, regional, and place second in state for that contest. You would think of all the memories of those contests, the winning ones would be the one that stood out the most. But it was actually the placing second in state that stays with me more today, I think, than all the rest. When I had placed second, I remember one of our local members came over to me after I had gotten the results and told me how I'd let them down by not winning. Well, true to form, my grandmother and mother stepped in, delivered a few choice words of their own, and let them know just how proud they were of my accomplishment. And as the guy sheepishly wandered off, they turned what could have felt like a failure situation for me into a proud moment that still resonates with me today. And I think that's why that particular instance stands out. We sometimes forget that our actions have a lasting impact on how our children develop and feel about themselves. 
Early on, lessons give them a sense of confidence and purpose and set them on a path that will shape them later on in life. And that's why I've been so passionate about having children involved in our program. I want them to learn early on the importance that seniors continue to play in our life and why it's so necessary for us to remember those that paved the way for us. I think many would say that my grandmother was strict, and she was. We knew to behave, not to talk back, to be respectful and responsible and say yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. Yes, I was from the South. If that's being strict, then sign me up. Those lessons I learned early on made me the man I am today. You see, elders in our life have amazing guidance to give if we just take the time to listen. As children, we seem to think we know it all, but we don't. And that's a lesson that we sometimes learn just a little too late. For this next message, it's pretty hard for me to look at a jar or a big glass jug and not think about my grandmother. Now, when I was a kid, I spent a lot of time with her. She lived alone, and I'd often stay over at her house and go to school straight from there. I really love my sleepovers, except for the fact that she always made me eat oatmeal in the morning before I went to school. I hated oatmeal. But she told me that it would keep me full and make me strong, so I obliged. And in full disclosure, I love oatmeal today. We lived in a very small town, and I worked a paper route delivering the local newspaper. When I would return from my route, we would sit down and count out the change I had in my pocket from the money that I had made along the way. And up on the shelf in her living room, she would keep a mason jar. And once we had seen what I had collected, she'd take down the jar, and half of what I had just collected would go in the jar, and the other half she said I could spend however I wanted. We did this over and over and over and over the course of time that I continued my route. And when I asked her why we were doing this, she explained to me how she struggled through her life, that she wanted me to go to college and she wanted to make sure that I always had something. She would tell me that as long as there was money in the jar, I would never be broke. And I sort of understood it at the time, but later in life, I'd learn what it meant even more. For years, I kept a $50 bill folded and tucked in my wallet so that I would never be broke, even in the bleakest of times. To this day, I have a jar, no longer a mason one, but electronic, that always makes me think of the lesson she taught. As I went through life, that jar became a symbol of so many things for me. I encountered people whose jar was empty that I could help fill a little. I encountered those whose emotional jar was empty that I could help nourish. But most of all, I revered the fact that it meant so much to my grandmother to see that my jar was never empty, that I honored her by making sure that it never was. I also honored her dream and went on to get my associate's degree, my bachelor of science degree, and finally my master's degree. And to this day, when I see a mason jar, I think of her and smile. I remember just how important it is for your jar never to be empty and how equally important it is to help others ensure that their jars are not empty as well. My grandmother was one of the hardest working people I know. She worked multiple jobs. She raised three children on her own through the 40s and 50s, you know, so through some really tough times. And there was not one single thing that this woman couldn't do. And this next message, you know, when I heard the saying, if you build it, they will come, that made me think of her. And that really was the case with the First United Methodist Church in Okeechobee, where she belonged. My grandmother had been a member of the First United Methodist Church since she moved to Okeechobee in the 1940s from Miami. My mom and dad were married there, and my brother and I were baptized and attended church there until we graduated and moved away. If it was Wednesday or Sunday and there was a church service going on, she definitely made sure that we were in church. 
And at the time, the church basically had no social facilities, and they made the decision to add an extension onto the existing building that would eventually become the social hall where the church gatherings would take place. They put out a call into the church asking for people with expertise in carpentry, electrical, and construction to help erect the new wing. And I bet you can guess who was the first one to raise her hand. Every day after work, yes, she worked a full-time job. And on Saturdays, my grandmother was a strict believer that you didn't work on Sunday. My grandmother was there. She had a tool belt around her waist, a hammer in her hand, and she was climbing the ladders with all the men who were working on the building. And when they were tired at night and ready to quit for the day, she'd urge them to stay just a little bit longer. And when they were gone, you could go down to the building and find her there alone, finishing up any last-minute tasks or cleaning up from the day's work, using up every last bit of energy that she had. She'd then get up in the morning, go to her job managing the warehouse, and was right back out there again in the evening. Some people watched in awe, and others were appalled that she would insert herself into what they considered to be a man's work at the time. But she didn't care. Grandma never lived her life caring what others thought. She lived it knowing that she was secure in who she was and in her faith. And that hall still stands today as a living testament to her and the others who made it a reality. Two years ago, we used the hall for the repast after her funeral service. As I sat there having my meal, I could still feel her presence, and I looked around in awe at what she had been a part of. Sometimes people try to put us in boxes where they think we should be. However, if we open those boxes and allow our true selves to come out, the things that we are able to accomplish in this world are absolutely amazing. Bring Smiles to Seniors was only possible because of the confidence my grandmother instilled in me early on in life. It was definitely way outside my comfort zone, but the need was something that I just couldn't ignore. So the next time you're facing a challenge, think about Grandma Lola May on the ladder with her hammer. Dig deep and just maybe you will find the inner strength to accomplish what you thought was impossible. My grandma worked at the Florida School for Boys until she retired. She was there for over 40 years. And although she held various positions during her tenure there, I think the one that she was most proud of was her last one where she served as warehouse manager. She ran the most meticulous warehouse that was responsible for inventory of all the supplies that came in and out of the campus. And those who knew her knew that she was one that wasn't afraid of hard work. It was in her DNA and she lived her life that way. And any task that she asked her employees to do, she did herself. It didn't matter if it was bookkeeping, cleaning, rearranging, or even driving the forklift. You could eat off the floor in her warehouse, and she demanded excellence, not only from her employees, but also of herself. When she finally decided to retire, there were a lot of sad people on the campus. They all got together and threw her a party, and they collected money and gave her a trip to the Bahamas for two. I was the lucky recipient of the second slot on the trip and Grandma and I set off to celebrate her retirement. Now, most people would think that going on vacation with your grandmother wouldn't exactly be ideal, but I'll tell you that for me, it was a trip of a lifetime. Not only did I get to experience another place, I got to experience it through her eyes, and that made it special and created memories that certainly are going to last a lifetime. We experienced the local culture, we shopped in the local shops, and we dined on the local food. I especially remember the conch fritters, However, there was a particular experience that stands out that I have to share. In our hotel, they had a Las Vegas-style show that we had tickets to attend as part of the trip package. We were so excited to see the glitz and glamour of it all. We sat in our seats, and the show started, and the showgirls started to parade out on the stage. And quickly, 
I noticed that they were topless. I was completely and utterly horrified. I couldn't even look at my grandmother. But when I finally did, she was stoic. No expression at all on her face. I crouched down in my seat, held my breath, and somehow made it through. And after the show, not a word of what we had just experienced. And I sure wasn't going to bring it up. But my point of the story is this. As life goes by, we're presented with opportunities to create memories with those that we love. And when they happen, it's so important to take advantage of those opportunities when we have the chance. Because when we do, it gives us a book full of wonderful memories that stay with us long after our loved one is gone. When we fail to do so, it creates missed opportunities that we don't get a second chance to experience. When I was visiting my grandmother in the last days of her life, I didn't see the small, frail woman that was sitting in the wheelchair in front of me. I saw the vibrant, strong woman that walked on the beach with me in the Bahamas, that took me for a ride on the forklift in her warehouse, that remained calm and stoic while I was horrified during that show. And I knew that although she didn't remember me outwardly, that somewhere deep inside, we were still walking on that beach in the Bahamas together. This final message is about the thing that I think my grandma is most remembered for by most people other than being an, an amazing woman. This message has to do with her pound cake and it's certainly not just any cake. And if you're interested in the recipe, it's actually on morningswithron.com on one of my posts. But anyone who knew my grandmother knew that she made the best pound cake on the planet. And she had her own personal recipe and an alternate one that she shared with those that she knew. It was the best lemon pound cake, and when it came out of the oven, it would have this, like, fabulous crunchy top on it. And those had the pleasure of saving one, had their own way of eating it. Some would eat the bottom first and save the top for last. Others would warm it and put a little butter on it, as if it didn't have enough butter in it already. And others would freeze it and save it for another day to toast. And really, no matter how your choice, every bite contained a little bit of her love that made it even more special. As long as I can remember, my grandmother would bake cakes and take them to the sick, to the elderly, and to places all over town. When she went to the bank, she'd put a slice in the drawer with her deposit. When she'd go to the doctor, she'd take a cake for the staff. So we, we came from a very small town, and everywhere she went, everyone knew about Grandma Lola's pound cake. It was not unusual for her to make three to five cakes in a day because she had a lot of people to service. My grandma lived with my mom and dad for many years until she spent the last three years in the nursing home due to her dementia. And her cake baking got to the point where my parents were buying flour and sugar for her by the 25-pound bags and eggs by the dozen. And she had her own little way of cutting out circles from cardboard boxes for the bases. She knew exactly when to wrap them after cooling to make sure that they stayed soft and delicious when they were delivered. Anyone who knew my grandma knew about and wanted her cake. I think one of the hardest moments for me was once her dementia got to the point where she could no longer bake cakes. It was really telling to me when the cakes that she made no longer came out perfect because there was too much flour or too much sugar or she'd forgotten the eggs or had forgotten that they were in the oven at all. Fortunately, my mom's mastered her technique and so her legacy for her cakes certainly live on. When I think back of all the smiles that she created with those cakes, the sick that she made feel better the lonely that she brought some warmth to, and the pure joy that she brought to so many. It makes my heart full because these weren't just cakes. These were Grandma Lola's pound cakes. It really is one of the things that I miss about her most of all. And if I close my eyes and imagine, 
Sometimes I can still smell them baking in the oven and wonder if I can sneak a piece before she has a chance to notice. I hope that you've enjoyed this series of podcasts. At some point, I'll share some more stories that I have. My hope for you is that you have or had that person in your life that inspires you as much as Grandma Lola did for me. So with that, I appreciate you going on this journey with me again this week. And as you go out into the world, always remember to be the reason that someone smiles.